0: I love growing fruit, and for me, fruit pruning season is the second favorite season of the year. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. Now, Lee and Amanda Borden.
1: Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of February 20th, 2014. And from your opening statement, I'm assuming that your first favorite time is harvest time.
0: You got it. <laughs> you just can't compete with the joy of bringing in fresh fruit to enjoy and show off to the people you love. That's so.
1: right. And share it and hopefully make jam and wine and all yeah, kinds absolutely. of good things.
0: So, yeah, that, that's the favorite season. But, uh, Pruning comes in a close second,
1: and that's what our podcast is about today. It's pruning time in the orchard, and I noticed the other day uh, when I returned home from Los Angeles, you were busy pruning, and you said you have not finished yet. It's a it's a big we're job, still in process. So uh, that's what we'd like to talk about today. Um, what is it you love about pruning?
0: Well, I guess start with the understanding that so much of what we need to do around here takes heavy equipment. So I'm on a tractor or I'm using a power tool of some kind and it's noisy and I have to use ear protection and the joy of pruning is very little use of power tools. Our trees are not big enough yet that they need to be pruned with a chainsaw or anything like that. I can do most of what I need to do with a pair of hand mm-hmm. pruners and a pair of lopping shears. So I can work very quietly. That's a big advantage of it. Um, it's also future-focused. You're in the orchard pruning, and you're in, inevitably drawn to imaging and envisioning the future. Where is this, Where is this tree trying to go? And am I satisfied with that, or do I want to change it in some way? Uh, because we have different goals, we can get to that in a moment. Um, and it's just fun to be thinking about the future.
1: I know. And and it's a given, I think, just as a master gardener, I know from dealing with ornamentals, that trees need to be pruned. So let me ask you with fruit, why do we have to prune?
0: Well, I guess the short answer is we don't Um fruit trees would be just fine if we didn't prune them at all, and they would continue to produce some fruit if we didn't prune them at all. The reason that I like to prune is because my goals are a little different from those that the tree has. The tree wants to grow and thrive and propagate, and in the process get bigger and bigger and bigger. But I want to keep all of our fruit at a human scale, and I want to maximize the production of the kind of fruit we like, which is bigger, sweeter, and um, easier to reach. So that's why I end up pruning, to, just to, to maximize the production of the kind of fruit we like.
1: And what about in the case of, uh, are there some that just would become unwieldy or a problem if you didn't prune them?
0: Probably a good many of them, but uh, I guess the one that comes instantly to mind when you start talking about unwieldy is muscadines. We love muscadines, and muscadines are well adapted to central Alabama. They just love it here. So we grow a lot of muscadines and It doesn't take more than a couple of seasons without pruning before muscadines become unmanageable. What happens is they tend to grow these huge, long shoots, most of which are unproductive, and you end up with a little bit of fruit and a lot of foliage and a whole lot of shoots. (laughs) Just unwieldy, gnarled mess of stems and branches with very little fruit to show for it. So... One of the things we do when we prune muscatines is keep those those budding branches close at hand, so that as we walk in the orchard, we can easily reach the the fruit.
1: Yeah, so a lot of it is making it easier to harvest the fruit when the time comes. It
0: is, and it's mac, uh, and and also getting it where you can where it's it gets lots of foliage and can get lots of sugar so that it gets to be nice and sweet and, and delicious. If they, if they are pruned correctly, they get a lot of foliage per fruit, and then sometimes we thin fruit so that the fruit is bigger and sweeter.
1: The other tree that comes to mind, too, that I've seen get overgrown and unwieldy would be fig trees. Of course, ours are so little right now, it's hard to even think about that. But but that's a tree you kind of have to stay on top of, too, isn't it? And
0: our fig trees are getting knocked back to the ground level nearly every year. Um, And I'm afraid we may get knocked back this year because we've had such a brutal winter.
1: So the cold is doing that.
0: And, you know, once fig trees get to be, get some size on them, they stopped getting knocked back to the ground um, by the cold winters. But we know that this winter in particular has been a humdinger. So we may end up with every fig tree being knocked back to the ground and having to grow up from the roots. Oh, well. uh, but yes, if if fig trees do grow unconstrained, they will quickly become unmanageable.
1: Yeah, so and we've seen that with some friends who have larger fig trees. But as you were pointing out, we're a long way from having that problem. <laughs>
0: and you know, something else that I should mention, it, it doesn't take long with an apple or a pear tree for the fruit to get so high up in the tree that it's useless to us, and the only purpose of it is to feed the birds. So another purpose of pruning is to keep the fruit down where we humans can reach it. Right,
1: and we'll talk about some of your methods of doing that in a little bit. Um, so is this the right time to prune?
0: Yeah, conventional wisdom is that February is the month for pruning. It's <laughs> a little more complicated than <laughs> that, Um it, it is the right month for some fruit.
1: So it depends on which fruit it is yeah. as to whether that's um, the right time.
0: It, it's clearly, the you know, if, if I have not already pruned muscadines by February, it's time to prune them in February. Uh, it's a great month to prune apples. Um, so those, those are the easy ones. Um, but let's talk about some trees for which fruit February is not the right month blueberries they don't need to be pruned in february they ought to be pruned right after they bear in august and september preferably august you know that as soon as the blueberries finished bearing that's the best time to prune it because then it can bud and grow on the pruned base and and you probably will get growth that you really like Mm -hmm. if you wait too long to prune it even in the fall then you're pruning into a frost and you don't ever want to do that right um Blackberries, we've got a whole system for pruning blackberries which I've written about and which our friend Arlie Powell has developed called T-Pup. Trellis production of, I can't even remember what it stands for now, but I'll include a link to that on the show notes page so you can understand how blackberry pruning works. It's not focused on anything that happens in February. Muscadines could probably stand being pruned earlier in the year. One of the things that muscadines have going for them, and it really helps us in a season like w- when you have a late frost, is for reasons uh, I'm not sure I fully understand, they are very late to bud, to bud. They'll break bud the last thing, which means that they don't bud into a frost. You know, they never bud before the danger of frost is passed. So they could stand to be pruned in December or January. Um, then figs really shouldn't be pruned in February. They ought to be pruned after they bud, like April, <laughs> which really seems counterintuitive. Why would you want to wait for them to bud and then cut off those buds? But the the real danger with figs, once they survive our hurdle and they get big enough so they don't get knocked back to the ground is that they'll bud too early and be scorched by an early frost or by a late frost rather and the way to avoid that is just wait let them bud and and prune them after the danger of frost is passed yeah you, know, you cut off some buds but that's not a big problem um Peaches and stone fruits like plums and so forth, they really don't need to be pruned in February. They're not really ready to be pruned because pruning them now might force budding too early, and then you'd end up with some damage from a late frost. So I, I would normally wait to prune peaches and stone fruit until March or maybe even April. Don't really know about pomegranates i got to do some research on that. Our pomegranates are too small to prune right now, so it's not an issue for me. We just have two, don't we? Yeah, we have two pomegranates. Because
1: one died. Yeah.
0: Uh, So really, the only things that we really cluster in February are persimmons, apples, pears, and any muscadines we haven't already done.
1: Right. Now, we've talked some about our trellising system, the T-Pup. And um, is the T-Pup?
0: It's part of the, part trellising, of the system.
1: trellising system. Yeah. Right. Um and you might want to explain why we've trellised so many of our trees. Most of them are except for some figs and pomegranates out in the front yard and then
0: and some older the trees. Older the
1: older apples and peaches and all that we yeah. had. So
0: And of course we never prune we never Fig trellis trees. blueberries, we never trellis figs. Um, But what makes our approach unusual is that we are trellising apples. We are trellising pears. We are trellising persimmons. We are trellising plums. We are trellising peaches. And the reason we do that, I guess, is, one, I intend to be an old farmer. I'm 60 years old now, and I hope to be enjoying our orchard when I'm an 85 or 90-year-old man which means I plan to do it with two feet flat on the ground. I don't plan to be scampering up and down a ladder to take care of our fruit trees or, you know, having you put me up in a tractor bucket and lift me up to prune those tall trees. I
1: know. I'll be an old farmer by then, too.
0: (laughs) So I plan to do everything on the ground, and that means I need to keep the business end of the fruit tree as close to the ground as possible. So trellising helps me do that.
1: And isn't there another reason? I seem to remember when we did visit petals from the past Um, Dr. Arlie Powell was mentioning that they trellis because they would sometimes have wind catch a, a branch and break it off, and trellising is a good way to help with that.
0: Absolutely, and you and I know the way most of the people in the culture around here don't know that violent storms are likely to be more and more present in our future. So one of another of the reasons that we trellis is for protection against really horrendous wind storms.
1: Because if you have a a branch filled with delicious fruit, but that branch breaks off because of a powerful wind, you're toast. You're toast. At least so so this is a good way to control that as well, I think.
0: And it does work well, but it gives us some special challenges that not everyone uh struggles with. First, there's not that, there are not that many people trellising all the trees that we trellis. So I'm left figuring out some of this on my own. For example, I'm, I don't see any guidance on the internet for trellising apple trees and how you prune trellised apple trees um, or persimmons. You know, I, we're really out in front of the culture when it comes to those kind of trees. So we, we're sort of figuring that out. However, uh, you've lined us up to go to a workshop next week at the farm or at the orchard of a fellow who does a lot of trellising. We frankly don't know exactly what he trellises.
1: But we'll find out. So we'll have more to report later on.
0: So we hope we will learn some useful information about how to, how to prune trellised fruit trees When we go to that workshop, it will be over in Autauga County, which is a long way to drive, but we figure that's important. We ought to take it in if we can. But for now, until somebody tells me a better method, the philosophy I'm using is to keep the fruit as close to the main trunks as possible. Uh, The jargony term for it is cordons. When we trellis muscadines, we call them those horizontal branches the main trunks that go out sideways we call them cordons so i use that i I steal that terminology and i talk about the horizontal cordons of my apples and pears and persimmons and so forth and i'm trying to keep the branching and the fruit as close to those cordons as possible so that they can derive as much help from the trellis line as they can um and I want to force the budding to stay close to the cordon so that they will, you know, get a lot of foliage close in and close to those cordons. And then as the branches expand, I hope to, you know, have them able to fruit throughout that cordon stretch. And then the other goal, of course, that we have that uh, not everyone has is keeping the fruit from getting too far above the trellis line. I'm going to want to sort of discourage the tree from doing too much branching above that eight-foot trellis line because once it gets too far above there, I can't do anything with it. So that's why I kind of, kind of, I, I sort of have a m have a mental barrier there. Once it gets above that trellis line, I'm looking about snipping it off.
1: Yes. Well, it's interesting to um, think about the future and how these trees will look when they're older, but adapted to the trellis. So, Because right now we're dealing with some really young trees.
0: Exactly. We, we, we're still figuring this out. But yes, we do hope that the trees will adapt to the trellis line, will make full use of the strength that the trellis line gives, and will cluster close to it as they fruit.
1: Well, this has been really interesting, and uh, I'm sure as you complete over the, over the course of several months, as you've talked about uh, the different fruit and their schedule of pruning, that we'll be able to, ch- to chime in from time to time with additional reports about pruning. True. So, uh, so thank you for sharing all that information, and thank you, those of you in our listening audience, for being a part of this with us today. We hope you have a great week, and we'll catch up with you next time.
0: You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.